Well, welcome. Thank you for making time to chat. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Long time coming. Me too. Me too. Me too. Um, so welcome, Allie. Have you done a podcast episode before? Like, you, you want to start your own podcast. Have you been on any other podcasts? Like, no, I have been on another podcast, but it was, like, in relation to Big Brother. So it was, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. So I did, like, I think two podcasts just in, like, Big Brother talk. So never in, like, the health and wellness capacity. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a talker. I love to talk. So, <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. They're fun. They're really fun. Eventually, I want to start my own for sure. Yeah. I still don't want to talk about yet. A little bit of everything. You know what I mean? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, totally. Someone's like, what are you going to talk about on your podcast? I'm like, I don't know, life and shit. And then we were, like, laughing. We're like, that's a funny name. I was like, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, Life I was actually sex. telling uh, I was telling my friend that I was like, I'm going to be on Riley's podcast. I'm so excited! Like, I've listened to a few of her episodes; they're great. And she's like, "What's it called?" I'm like, "Life and shit." And she's like, "No, no really." I'm like, "Life and shit." <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Great, you should listen to it. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, yeah, give us a, tell us a bit about you. And I mean, I'm super curious. Actually, I kind of forgot about the Big Brother piece, so let's talk about that too. Like, how did you tell us about? Whatever about your story that you want the to heck share. I am. Sure, yeah, for sure. So that's such a loaded question now. I have such a different perception now when people say, who are you? I'm yeah. like, I am the observer. <laughs> <laughs> but like, obviously there are things that I identify with. So um, I was born in El Salvador, Central America. Um, and I actually migrated over to Winnipeg, Manitoba with my family in 91. Oh. Um, going on in El Salvador at the time so my parents did everything they could to kind of get us out of that situation me and my sister and give us a better life a decision that I'm like eternally grateful for because mm -hmm. I think about it all the time especially as I get older if they hadn't made that brave decision like who would I be today like what would my life be and I don't know it's scary to think about sometimes so I grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and then I actually moved out to the West Coast on my own in 2008, at the ripe old age of 19. And to Vancouver? Yeah, yeah, I moved out to Vancouver from Winnipeg um, at 19, and just kind of started my life out here. So, I mean, there's been a lot in between, obviously, I won't bore you with details, but there's been endless relationships heartbreaks there's been career changes I used to be a realtor for six years oh. I was in finance yeah I was in finance for two years and then I landed a spot in the Big Brother Canada house in 2018 just as I was getting into personal training mm. like I had just started at Steve Nash um and uh I left like one month into that to go beyond Big Brother Canada and then that was a wild ride and that was um, four months I was gone and cut off from the outside world which ugh, that was actually heaven <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I guess so I was, I was actually like freaking out at first but then like wow so nice to be disconnected from the outside world and then came out of that but in the house, like, I will say, like, have you ever watched the show? No, I've never gotten it. I don't let myself watch a lot of reality TV, but I'm so fascinated by it. Like, I just have so many questions for you. But I, I kind of, yes. I think I understand the concept, kind of. But, okay. um, yes. I don't so know. just 16 strangers in a house cut off from the outside world, all competing for a grand prize. And each week you get you do compete in new challenges for basically power in the house. And then it's really all about strategy, uh, tactic, manipulation, social game, physical game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of surreal, but it was a really cool experience to say the least for sure. But while you're in there, sometimes you need a bit of an escape from the game because it can be all consuming. Yeah. And so I would find myself kind of daydreaming and fantasizing like, what will life look like after this big brother experience? Like, what am I going home to? Who do I want to become? That was just kind of my way of stopping the game from running in my head 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to, to do that. And that's kind of where I realized, you know, like I'm not, I'm, real estate is not what I want to do. Like finance is not what I want to do. These are all things that I, chose to do because you know I wanted to make money or I wanted to be professional or I wanted to have a title and I'm like but none of these things spark my fire 
And at that time, I was like, well, what do people want from me? What do they ask me about? And really, it was all in relation to training, fitness, health, nutrition, all that kind of stuff. So I thought, you know, this stuff, I do like this stuff, and I am good at it. So I'm going to double down and jump headfirst into this training. But instead of working at, like, a gym, a corporate gym, which I just didn't like, um, and I didn't need very long to figure that out, I decided I'm going to go back and start my own thing. And so that was really exciting to fantasize about because yeah. I knew nothing about starting my own business, really. And that was the first time I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And it kind of just snowballed from there. So, Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have so many questions about, like, the big brother house and like that experience. But I think it's so interesting. We have so much in common. I didn't realize, I think I did know that you were in the corporate world and then you made your transition into personal training. And then it sounds like the universe saved you from working for Steve Nash, which is really funny because it did the same to me. I, I accepted a position at Steve Nash in November, 2019. And then oh, wow. I was just starting to pick up momentum and I was doing quite well. And then the pandemic happened and then Steve Nash went bankrupt and I lost my job along with literally everybody else. And I was like, okay, I was faced with the decision at that time too. Like, am I going to just go work for another gym or should I figure out how to do this on my own? So I think that is something really cool to just kind of like share as well, because people often have a lot of questions about like what that looked like and how I started and what that experience was like. But um, in terms of big brother, like I'm always so curious about reality TV and like what uh, as you know, I'm obsessed with Love Island, especially right now. I'm, like, very, very deep and highly committed to this season. Um, and I just, I can't, like, I I guess because I studied sociology, and, like, I'm just so fascinated by people and their minds. Like, I just try so hard to figure everybody out. I'm like, are you genuine? Is this really happening? Is this real? Is this actually, like, I'm just trying to understand, like, from your experience, did it feel really genuine? And, like, was it... Wait, were you a Big Brother fan before you went into the house? So did you, like, have all of that information? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So first, I was a huge Big Brother fan. Like, I watched, like, all of the U.S. season except for season one and then all of the Canadian seasons. And this was actually the third time I auditioned. Okay. It. That must have been so exciting. Yeah, yeah, it was. But I felt it. It's interesting. Like, I, I made it pretty far season five, but... It wasn't it. And I wasn't upset about it. I was like, it's okay. I feel like it's not my time. But there was something inside me that was like, but next year is 100% unequivocally, without a doubt, going to be my year. And I just kind of claimed that. And I like really went to that audition and there was no nerves. Like I was like, I'm already on the show. (laughs) So it was like one of the few times that I really feel like I've manifested something like so strongly because in order to manifest there has to be such a deep belief in your body yeah you know what I mean not enough to think it it's to feel it and that's definitely one of the times where I felt like I really felt it so for me it was super cool it was a dream come true as a fan it was a dream come true um in some ways for sure the novelty wore off really quick because mm-hmm. just like oh wow there's a lot of downtime <laughs> and you know like I'm bored and I miss people and wow, mentally, this is a lot harder than I anticipated. But I will say this, I get that question a lot. Like, is it scripted? Is it genuine? Is it real? And I will say this, it is real because there are dozens of cameras on you 24 seven. Even if your strategy is to go in and play this role, you literally can only do it for so long before you drop the facade, like you, you would have to be somebody else 24 seven, which that is would be so hard. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty impossible, right? So for me, and for I know a lot of my castmates, it is 100% real, whatever comes out of your mouth, whatever your actions are, your behaviors, those are 100% real. Now how they edit it mm-hmm. can sometimes be, you know, taken out of context or misconstrued. But for the most part, yeah, it's it's 100% real. So. I really want to go back and watch your season now just because I know you yeah, and I think that's so interesting. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I was pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and when you watched it back, were you surprised by, like, how they edited you or how they framed you, or did it feel pretty... No. no. Okay, so first of all, I actually... Sh- I want to watch it back. Uh, the fir- I only watched it back once, and it was immediately out of coming out of the house, and I binged the whole season in three days, and at some points just fast-forwarded to, like, the parts I needed 
answers on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't feel like I watched it in a way where it was like for enjoyment. Right. I feel like I was like, I need answers. Yeah. And just like ripped through it. Um, but I do, I mean, I, I feel I got a really good edit in the sense that like, I feel like they captured my essence, my goofiness, my loudness, my hot temper, if you will. I've worked on that since then, though. Okay, now <laughs> um, I have to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I even had people reaching out from high school and being like, dude, I had no idea you were going to be on the show, and it was so wild to watch you because that's exactly how I remember you. Oh, like, cool. your personality, your demeanor, like, you've obviously grown as a person, but I'm like, yep, that's Allie, and I'm like, yeah, like, like I said, you can't be anything but right. yourself, so um, I was really happy with the edit. Yeah, like, of course, I would have loved to change a couple of things, but no regrets. Like, it is what it is. That's cool. And how did yeah. you, how was your, like, mental health being in that kind of environment for that long around those many people? Like, I just, I mean, I don't know what Big Brother's like, really, but when I watch Love Island, I'm like, first of all, this show is designed to obliterate your mental health. Like, it's designed to create insecurity, to actually torture you emotionally. It's, like, horrible in that sense, and I, I assume that probably most shows are not like that, but just being around that many people and in that kind of environment and having no, no connection to the outside world, I feel like would be really challenging. And what, what was that kind of like effect on you? Yeah, it was, um, at times the best word I can explain it with is like suffocating. Yeah. Like just want to rip through the walls a little bit, but I did realize how much mental resilience I do have. Um, I know other people struggled a bit more than me. I think the aspects of it where I struggled were, you know, I identified as a personal trainer and on the competition side, I didn't perform the way that I wanted to. And it now, obviously looking back, I really psyched myself out every competition mm. like the narrative in my head was like I can't do this I suck I fucking suck oh my god this is embarrassing like so I psyched myself out and had I understood better what was happening like my own words were feeding into yeah how I was performing I could have like done better you know what I mean but it really like it, it affected my confidence um in that sense because I'm like I'm a personal trainer I'm supposed to be strong I'm supposed to be this I'm supposed to be that um in other aspects it's like the I have trust issues as it is right and so you know there will be moments where you're like have a really genuine conversation with someone and then you see them talking to somebody else and the paranoia and like what are they talking about are they talking about me oh my god and the trust issues that like come up with that yeah. can be a little bit like ugh, consuming right but for the most part like yes I miss my family yes I miss my loved ones but like I was good like I was like I got this I wasn't like I need to go I need to leave I can't take this anymore like I was good I oh, could get wow. That's good. Yeah. And you were inside, were you inside the house for four months or was that kind of like the whole process? Of the whole, I was away for four months yeah. um, or almost four months, but I was in the house in physically in the house for about eight weeks. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And how did you do? Because, did you win? Yeah. No. <laughs> how long <laughs> did, did you last? Cause it, it's like, it's like that, right? Like you're trying to stay yeah. to the end. Eight out of 10 weeks. Eight out of 10 oh, weeks. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. do they have, yeah. like, Big Brother All-Stars? Can you go back? They do. I don't think they'd have me back, to be honest. Like, I don't know that I made enough of an impact. <laughs> so if anybody's listening and you want me on there, tweet at them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Um, yeah, no, and honestly, I don't know. I get that question a lot, too. Would you do it again? And I don't know. I feel like it would really depend on what was happening in my life at that moment. Yeah. You know, because it's like, like I said, the novelty is more off. I know what it is now. I know what I'm getting myself into. Right. And I also know what I'm trying to build out here. And I'm like, I don't know that I would want to step away from that. It's For what purpose? Mm -hmm. Do you know, is it to like fuel my ego a bit and be like, oh, let me prove that I can or oh, let me get some more airtime? Or is it really like, what's the purpose behind it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't want never say never, but I don't know. Yeah, that's totally fair. I get that. It would. I've always wondered that about anyone who leaves to go on a show. It's like, how do you just completely put your life on pause? That's crazy. Yeah, 
at that time I really had nothing going on. It yeah. was the perfect time. So it was good for that sense. Yeah. So interesting. I'm gonna have to go, I'm gonna have to watch it. There's no yeah. option. When you popped up on my what is I don't know if it's called a GIF or a GIF. I've never known that. But yeah. when I was searching yeah. and I saw you, I was like, whoa, okay. I'm missing something here. I gotta watch this. <laughs> yeah. I know there's a couple of good ones on there. I use them on people all the time too. They're probably like, no. That's that's like, how you know oh, you've made it. You have your gym? Yeah. Oh <laughs> that's okay. That's really interesting. So, like, your life outside of that experience, you were just kind of starting to go through that transition of leaving the corporate world and kind of chasing your your dreams and like stepping into your passions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I feel like there's so many people who are in that position where like they kind of some people maybe don't know exactly what they want to do, but they might know that they are not like living in full alignment with like their soul passion or their purpose or like not feeling fulfilled and what kind of advice would you give to the people who are in that stage of like uncertainty but ready to kind of be honest with themselves about the fact that maybe what they're doing is not meeting their needs yeah I think um I mean it's so almost hard to place myself in that mindset that I was in at the time because even from just then, which is really only like four years ago, I feel like I've evolved so much mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, But what I can say, like, I would suggest now is like, find some stillness. Mm -hmm. Like, do not be afraid to slow down. I feel like human beings have this tendency of wanting to either suppress, avoid, or hot or control, like, everything that's happening in the external world because they don't want to face what's happening in the internal world. But, like, our internal world has so much to tell us, like, so much wisdom. And so if you are feeling unhappy, if you are feeling unfilled, unsatisfied, if you're fearing even ir- irritable, like, like, everything pisses you off, it's – that is a sign. That is a clear sign. Like don't dismiss like the annoyance, the the irritation, like the lack of patience, like that anxious feeling. All of those things are speaking to you, but you can only receive the message if you allow yourself to just be still, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think we fear stillness because we equate it to like, I don't want to I don't want to be alone with my thoughts. I don't want to like confront that because it gives me, stresses me out. It's so much anxiety. It's so much this, 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 that. And so to that is like getting to a place where you understand that you are not your thoughts. Like you do not have to attach to every thought as a true belief or a true fact. In fact, just slowing down long enough to hear the thoughts. I think it's important to write things down. I love, I'm a big fan of like morning mind dumps. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Like wake up in the morning. I, I really try to make it a ritual of not grabbing my phone first thing in the morning. And when I do, I 100% notice a difference in my energy versus like when I get up and do like my usual routine, which is like, you know, consistent of like cold water on the face, a little bit of breath, morning mind dump. Like what are the thoughts that are circling around in there right now? Mm-hmm. No judgment, just observation. No attachment, just observation and compassion. Like, let's just spew it out. And only when you kind of start to really see or hear the thoughts can you start to challenge them and be like, what? Like, that is not fact. That is not factual. Sometimes I laugh. I'm like, who the hell just said that? (laughs) Like, that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think stillness. Stillness, um, allowing yourself to slow down. really creating that that sense of safety in your system mm-hmm. knowing that you can sit with the thoughts without necessarily attaching to them or identifying with them or taking them on as your truth but your body the physical sensations the thoughts it's all communicating with you yeah you know so if you're not happy with where you're at or what's happening you need to slow down like you need to slow down. yeah, yeah. i love that breathe. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I, I always say that, like, we just treat anxiety, like it's something that falls out of the sky. And you're like, Oh, no, I have this thing. Like, let me get rid of this. And it's like, No, that's a messenger. It's teaching you that you're out of alignment in some way, you don't have anxiety for no reason. And if you can get good at sitting with it, 
and getting curious with it and like seeing it as an opportunity instead of a burden, something that we need to hide and, you know, try and get rid of. That's when, yeah, it's a part of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just watched a really good video too. And it was a guy talking about how in order to even know what your potential is, you have to spend time alone and in, in stillness, right? Because there's so much outside influence. There's so many people telling us what we should care about and what we should be doing and what life should look like and all of this shit. And if you don't spend like extended an extended period at some point in your life, like, you know, with yourself, then you never hear what actually is important to you. I think it was such a, the way he said it was so powerful. So much noise. Yeah. Yeah. So much noise. And one of the other things that's so beautiful about learning to sit in stillness and learning to build that self-trust because that's ultimately what it comes down to. Right. It's like the reason we seek validation from other people is because we lack self-trust. It's like, Oh, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Or think about this, you know, it's because you don't trust yourself. And that's something I've hugely struggled with and something I've done a lot of work around and I'm still doing work around because the work is never done. And you know that Yeah. I'm still doing work around realizing like letting myself sit and reflect and figuring out, mm, feeling into my body, like at what point in my life did I break trust with myself so severely and how can I now give that part of me more attention and love and what does it need for me? What is it trying to tell me? And how can I mend that relationship with that version of me so that I can integrate and have more self-trust? Because I don't want to, it's great to have support from other people and it's great to get some feedback and constructive criticism, but you do not need to be weighing your life, your options or anything on what other people's opinions and thoughts are. You mm-hmm. have to build that innate self-trust. It's in there. You know what I mean? But, yeah. 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 I talk about that so much in my in my one-on-one sessions with my clients and like in my programs, but it's like it is a relationship between multiple parties. It's like our inner child, our current self, yeah. our future self. Like every decision that we make is either keeping those promises, breaking those promises, making us more cohesive, less cohesive. And we have to view it as such. Like we don't just break promises to other people and expect there not to be consequences. We don't put other people in danger in toxic situations and and expect they're not gonna change their view on us, right? And it's... yeah. in order to trust ourselves we also really have to know ourselves and that again requires time and intention behind like actually building that relationship and being like why am I this way what are my values what is important to me getting curious and unfortunately we're never really given that opportunity or shown how to do that unless you seek it out and usually we only seek it out when we've been through some shit (laughs) yeah trauma yeah (laughs) like without the darkness we never really have a reason to seek the light so yeah I feel like there's always it's common that people kind of have a victim mindset around like, fuck, like life is so hard and like, I just want to feel better. And it's like, well, the good news is you're going to get to the other side and you're going to feel so much better than you would have ever felt if you just walked that middle line and you hadn't gone through the shit. And then you're seeking out all of these tools and this, this beautiful side of life, this consciousness, this empowerment, this enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And just like you said, right. It's, it's really about acceptance. It's about acceptance that in life we're, we're here. We're soulful beings having a human experience. And to have a human experience is to experience all of it, which means the duality, mm-hmm. the pain and the pleasure. And if we can, the only reason we suffer is because we resist that. Yeah. We're under this illusion that, like, oh no, no why, why me? This sucks. Oh my God, this hurts so bad. Why is this happening to me? It's like, that's why humans suffer. And don't get me wrong, there's definitely suffering and there's definitely hardships and there's definitely trials and tribulations, but when we can come to a place of acceptance that it all gets to be here and the moments of pain are so that we can really appreciate the moments of pleasure and that the pain is meant to be a powerful lesson for us to extract something from so that we can grow and evolve as a species, if you know what I mean? So yeah, I just feel that there's too much resistance to the to the ick, right? Nobody wants to play in the mud, yeah. but like you gotta get dirty. You gotta get into the fields. You gotta sit with the hard shit, and yeah. you gotta just come at it with the most loving, compassionate space, right? Yeah. 
So that's, yeah. I agree. I agree entirely. Yeah. So much of it is just learning how to sit with the discomfort and recognizing that you don't have to do anything. I always share this story. Like I always felt like there was something wrong with me. Like, yeah, I was in a relationship where I was being told there was a lot wrong with me, but like, I always was like, I'm too moody. Something's wrong with me. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm like taking all these supplements, like trying to fix myself, doing all, I started my spiritual journey because I was convinced something was wrong with me. And then eventually realized that nothing was wrong with me and I just needed to get to know myself. But there was a time where like I just felt, you know, being an empath, being a highly sensitive person, my emotions are so big. And I always felt like that was something to be fixed. And I was sitting in a ceremony like years ago now and someone was there and I don't even know who she was. And she just told this story about like our emotions and like it was basically she was teaching us emotional regulation and like just the fact that emotions are waves and they come and they go and after that I did a bunch of CBT and DBT and it made a lot more sense but she was like all you need to do with your emotions is actually nothing you just have to learn how to sit with the discomfort of them and just be and I started laughing like hysterically I was like nothing I have to do nothing I've been doing all of this shit I've tried so hard I've spent so much money I've been like on this deep search to like figure this out and there's nothing to figure out no it's just acceptance yeah acceptance of what it is and it all gets to be here and it's all beautiful you know and it all does have meaning it all has meaning absolutely well i feel like we could talk about this forever but (laughs) i want to understand more about um like well what first when you were making that decision to leave the corporate world what was it about fitness that drew you in and that appealed to you about the personal training career well, to be fully transparent, it was 2018 where I decided to dive headfirst into it as business, but it was 2012 when I found fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and fitness, I say it all the time. I've said it to every client. I've said it to family and friends. Like, fitness saved my life because I was, in 2012, I was in a really bad way, um, just, you know, using substances, alcohol, numbing, 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 like just alone, dark, numbing place. And a friend was actually genuinely really concerned. And she just said to me like, Hey, she had just gotten into personal training and she said, Hey, like, you know, why don't we just change the pace up for you a little bit? Like, I think you should try doing a bodybuilding competition. Mm. You know, we'll set some goals for you. Let me coach you. I'll coach you for free. Um, we'll get your diet right. We'll exercise, blah, blah. And so there it was. That's how I found fitness. And it was great. Like it did a lot of wonderful things for me. Um, it gave me a sense of discipline. It gave me like that, you know, determination to achieve a goal. It gave me some mental clarity. And the first year of bodybuilding was fantastic. I got obsessed with watching my body transform. I got obsessed with the routine of like meal prep, two days water like I just got obsessed with all of it and it was great but really what I was doing by year three I realized that what I was doing was just medicating in a different way mm-hmm. right so I just put one you know addiction or obsession over another um, and in fact it did give me good things but it also gave me a whole new onset of other issues right. like body dysmorphia and binge eating and yeah, just hormone imbalances and a bunch of other problems that, you know, I didn't foresee. By the third year, it wasn't fun anymore. And I then had an up and down relationship with fitness altogether. But it was around 2018, after like deciding I'm going to do this as a job, that I was like, there has to be a better approach. Like there has to be a better way to go about this. And so I became more obsessed with like finding a better way or mindset right mindset mind body spirit that kind of thing but more mindset accountability focus and so that's kind of what I was playing around with for the last few years up until recently where now I'm like no there's even a better way and it's more about energetics right and like spirituality and like how do we fix the internal stuff so that we can just maintain the external stuff right so it's just been a constant evolution since 2012 
yeah. right? Just a constant evolution as I, but it's been constant is the thing where it's just like something I can always fall back on. I never regret a workout, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I want to get there. And there's sometimes like we're a couple weeks from like, I just can't do the gym. Like I, maybe I'll go for a run or maybe I'll go for a hike or maybe I'll just dance around in my living room, but I just can't do the gym. But there's just, I always come back to it. So it's been a huge pillar in my life in terms of health and wellness for sure. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, that's obviously very similar to the journey that I've been on. Like I never did the bodybuilding stuff or the competitions, but I had a toxic relationship with fitness. I was obsessed with working out. I was, you know, disordered eating, all of that. And then felt like my vehicle at the time was to teach people how to do that in a different way. But similarly, like mindset was always something that I was trying to like work into my, to my fitness programs and like my philosophy as a personal trainer, but I never felt like there was an appropriate container to really truly unpack that. Um, until this year when I created my program and kind of stepped away from the gym, but it will always be like a super important part of my life. And like a a recommendation, like you need to take good care of your body. And that just makes perfect sense to me. But, um, I'm interested in what you're saying in terms of, I mean, after being in the fitness industry that long and also having that kind of like tumultuous start to a fitness journey, And I think you and I talked about this already a little bit, just like in our conversation, but how are you finding the transition like out of your, you know, personal trainer identity and all of the conditioning and all of the beliefs that we we take on and all of the pressure that we put on ourselves and all of like, you know, how we build your self identity as a personal trainer, even like kind of what you said about in the big brother house, right? It's like, if I'm a personal trainer, that means that I should be able to do this and this and this, and I have to be doing this and this and this. And I didn't realize until this year when I kind of removed myself from the fitness industry, how much I had actually internalized and how much it actually was affecting me. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree. And it's, it's conditioning, right? Yeah. Like you do something a certain way for so long and it's like, like cracking your fingers okay it's like you've been cracking your fingers for so long and then all of a sudden you're not supposed to crack your fingers it's like feels impossible not to do it and I kind of felt that way with like counting macros and um having to have a proper five-day split like Mm -hmm. if I couldn't get two leg days one quad one hamstring biceps triceps (laughs) like chest back like if I couldn't get my proper split I wasn't good enough I was failing I was not doing enough like you know what I mean I would be so get so hard on myself if I was like you didn't do 20 minutes post-workout cardio like you know you don't you didn't drink enough water today or like oh my god I can't believe you ate that now I have to do an extra 10 minutes at the gym like just there's so much crap in my head um and realize like now this isn't really a life like this isn't a this is a lifestyle but not one I want to identify with yeah Right, And so that was the first step was like deciding what do you want? Like, why are you doing this? Because I was conditioned from bodybuilding. This is how you eat. This is how you train. This is what you do. If, because for bodybuilding, this is what your end result is. This is what the goal is. So in order to get this, you need to do all of this. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I'm not a bodybuilder anymore. And I haven't been for a really long time. And fitness training, eating, is not fun for me anymore because I'm still following like protocol that is no longer aligned with just who I am anymore so it really took going back and being like why am I even doing this like why am I even working out like what is it and still there was a lot of beliefs around I'm a personal trainer so I should have a six-pack I'm a personal trainer so I should be able to do a pull-up I'm a personal trainer so I should be able to hold a four-minute plank like or whatever it was do you know what I mean And none of those reasons had anything to do with how it made me feel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, these are all ego-driven external reasons, right? Like, they're not soulful. It's not like, oh, because I want to move energy in my body or because I want to feel good when I wake up without pains and aches throughout my body. Although I still wake up with pains and aches, but (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I had to really go back to the beginning and determine my why and be like, why am I even doing this? Okay. And what, what would it feel like to accomplish this then? Like, what would make me feel good about this? I'm like, honestly, if I could just 
get three workouts in a week where like I just move my body and I move I've, I've like thrown the program out and don't get me wrong I think programs are very important especially if you have very specific goals but I've thrown the programs out and I just like move intuitively like what do I want to smash today legs let's smash legs or I want to pump that chest today I just go to the gym based on what I feel like working that day mm-hmm. instead of following this rigid program. And I feel like that's a little bit more feminine, masculine energy too. Like just move how you want to, train how you want to, let go of the rigidity a little bit. Yes. Same food, macros. Like I used to I used to identify with, I'm not a good cook. I hate cooking. I don't like it. So of course, if that's my thought process and that's what I identify with, of course I'm not going to enjoy it. But then I got it started reading a lot about mindful-based eating and really creating the a more mindful experience to eating altogether and that starts from when you're shopping for food right so like thank god for ig and all these creative reels because you know i can sometimes lack creativity in the kitchen so i look to others creativity right and i'm like okay this looks good i think i could do this yeah and it's fun throughout the week to start putting together a little grocery list i've saved like three recipes that two or three recipes that i want to try and when I go to the store, instead of like, oh, I hate grocery shopping or this or that, I'm like, okay, I can't wait to get these things because I'm going to make this food, mm-hmm. right? I pick the best of the best from what I see, right? So it's like the mindful eating starts so early, like from the shop, you're like looking, you're observing, you're, you know what I mean? And then it's the experience of cooking, making that more fun. I put on music or my favorite show and I'm you know, dancing and cooking and it's more of an enjoyable experience where meal prep was redundant and boring and tedious and repetitive. So now it's changed the eating experience for me entirely as well. Now I'm creating these like recipes that I'm really proud of. I love showing them off to IG. People are going, oh my God, that looks so great. And then the best part is freaking tasting it and being like, I killed that. You know, so now it's like there's more joy there's more joy and bliss in the process of eating where it was so, I would eat the same thing over and over and Chicken over and broccoli, baby. Yeah. <laughs> disgusting. You, like, your meals have been looking bomb, I must say. I, I, I comment on them all the time. I'm like, yes, I need that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I love everything that you're saying. And like the big thing that's resonating for me and that I share with my clients is like, it's doesn't matter what you're doing, but the energy of where you're coming at that from really fucking matters. You know what I mean? If you're coming at your fitness journey from self-loathing and fear and like needing to change yourself and you know, all of that type of shit and jealousy and shame and guilt, it's not going to stick. It's just not right. But like how you just described, if you're coming at your, your meal prep, from a place of like inspiration and excitement and joy. And that's completely coming at that from a different frequency. You're now coming at it from a high vibration place. That's going to completely transform not only that experience, but the journey that you're on. Right. Yeah. I think another really important thing that you said is like understanding your why, because we don't really do that. Like we get into the gym and it usually is from a low vibration place like that. And we don't take the time to be patient and gentle with ourselves about like, no, what do you actually want from this experience? What is your journey? What are your goals? Why does it matter to you? Like, why does it matter to you? Why is it so important? You know, um, cause I, it's, it's easy to say like, Oh, cause I want to lose 10 pounds, but why? Why? And then why? And then why? And then why? why? (laughs) Like rule of the why game, like ask yourself why five times to get the root of what your real why is. Yeah, I use that all the time. Yeah, I love that. And it's often based in like a lack mindset, just not being good enough or comparing yourself to other people. And it's that's not going to be a sustainable journey for you. If your goal is to feel good in your body and understanding that that's going to look different for you than it does for that girl. And you're not just trying to become the people that you're seeing on Instagram and you're not trying to starve yourself and you're not trying to, you know, like it's just, there's so much to that. And I feel like we came to personal training with the best of intentions, but as soon as you step into the fitness industry, you start to feel overwhelmed and you can lose yourself really easily because I feel like it's one of the most toxic industries that exist, which is really disappointing because it's such important work, but we are coming at it from such a weird place. The wrong energetics. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What would you 
suggest to anyone who's listening if they are wanting to achieve I honestly don't even call it fitness anymore I just call it wellness but if they want yes, to um, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't have to, I just put health and wellness right now like health and wellness in my in my title as I'm still like in school and, and transitioning but yeah I don't like the word like fitness anymore either no. what are you in school for uh, I'm doing uh, somatic coaching right now. Oh, so amazing. I'm a trauma-informed life coach. <laughs> I love that. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah, what no. is, for people who don't know what the word somatic means, like how do you explain that? Yeah, so I like to really explain it as body-based, right? So it is that connection really from the mind to the body and working the energetics, the subtle energies in the body um, for more profound transformation and healing. So, yeah, body-based Amazing. Body -based. So yeah. good. So, yeah, for anyone who is on a fitness journey, if they want to call it that, or seeking to achieve their highest level of wellness, what would your kind of main tips for them be in order to do that from, like, a, a truly sustainable, kind of soul-aligned, feel-good feel place that's going to get them... Yeah where they want to go yeah, I love that question it's it's a beautiful question and I can feel I feel a little ping in my system where I feel like that question probably feels like heavy for a lot of people and I just want to say again it really does come back to giving yourself some spaciousness some stillness and allowing yourself to really get again to the root of the why like why something matters to you and a bit of like this is where the embodiment and the somatic work and the energetic work would be if I was working with a client now. It would be like, what would it feel like to, like, what does that version of you look like, right? Mm. Like, in your mind's eye, what does that version of you look like? And what would it feel like to walk in their body? And so really bring them to the, the embodiment aspect of it, right? Because I think it's very easy for self-sabotage or excuses to always interfere. So if, you're, if your thing is like, okay, I'm going to work out three days a week, da 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 for however long, it's easy for um, past or deep-rooted beliefs, I'll say, yeah. deep-rooted beliefs to cause you to self-sabotage. You can have the best intentions. You want to eat healthy, you want to work out, you want to move your body. You can have the best intentions. But if the deep-rooted belief in your body, you and your body is using past experiences as evidence, right? So how many times have you tried and how many times have you failed? So now your body's going, there's a deep-rooted belief in your body, like, I can't do it. Mm. I can't. I can't commit. I don't have time. Da, 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 da. So you got to get to the root of like what these beliefs are in your body. And the best way to start changing this belief structure is to really take time, spaciousness and be in stillness to envision the version of yourself that has already accomplished this. Okay. So like the version of you that, what does that, how does that person move? How does that person act? What kind of habits do they have? Right. And take time to feel into what that would look like for you. But like really feel it. Because I think I mentioned this in the beginning, like when I was talking about manifesting Big Brother. It's yeah. not enough to think about what you want. You have to feel it in the body. And so the only way to really start keeping yourself from the constant yo-yo of start, fail, start, fail. And I just want to say failure is not a bad thing either, right? It's only a bad thing if you just stay there, but it's always an opportunity for growth. But instead of the yo-yo, stop, fail, stop, fail, stop, fail, really understanding like, what do I truly believe to be true in my system? Like, what does my body believe? And how can I start changing that belief? And in order to do that, you have to really envision and embody what it would be like to be that version of yourself that has already reached that fitness goal. You know, like really feel into that energy. What would she look like? How would she, or how would they look like? How would they talk? How would they think? How would they behave? What are their habits? What are their boundaries? Yeah. Right? Like what are all of the things that this person did to get there and start feeling that in your body? Right? So that is my biggest piece of advice. And it can be challenging if it's, it's something brand new to you. So my biggest advice, if like all of this sounds overwhelming, you're like, okay, that sounds great. But how do you do that? Start with breathing. Mm. Like, really just start with breathing. Like, and just a couple minutes a day. Like when you start feeling like that, you know, those intrusive thoughts or self-doubt or 
those self-sabotaging thoughts or like you want to have that cookie late night or instead of beating yourself up, judging yourself or, you know, being self-loathing and having that frequency, take a breath, like, and like really focus on your breathing and start to release more compassion than judgment and just get curious around the thoughts that you're having and be like, okay, why do you want this cookie right now? I'm not judging, but like, what is it about this cookie? What, what's it going to give for you? Like, what's it going to satisfy? Do I really want this cookie? You know, like breathe through it, like breathe. So if everything else sounds a bit overwhelming, really start with breath mm-hmm. and just focus on your breathing. That's like the best that. way to get into your body and to feel into your body. Yeah. Creating space. Yeah. And connecting to yourself and allowing, I always think about it like as if you're like stretching, like a piece of gum, like you're trying to, understand your experience and in order to do that you need to expand it you need to slow it down like I always say to my clients like we don't even realize that everything we're doing is emotionally based we don't even know that we're having an emotion because we're already doing the thing we're already in the behavior we're already acting it out in the ways that we've always acted it out right so in order to get to know ourselves we have to slow down and get curious like about what our motivation is and I even what you were saying earlier really resonated for me in terms of like my own fitness journey and like my, my self identity stepping out of like the fitness industry. Like I still really enjoy working out, but I started to notice that there was like this, this inner voice being like, you haven't been at the gym five days this week. Like you're going to get like the oldest conditioning being like, you're going to get fat. What are you doing? You're, you're getting weak. You're, you're no good. You're not doing it. You're you're fucking up. You're slipping like all of this stuff when I'm not in the gym. And I was like, I, I've always felt like, I've had to train like a bodybuilder, even though I've never been a bodybuilder. And like, where does that come from? Why do I feel that way? Why do I have this? Follow, right? Totally. Well, the whole fitness industry is like so cookie cutter. It feels like there's not, there's so few people doing things differently and in like a more of a flowy, intuitive way more and more now, which is beautiful to see. I can think of a couple off the top of my head, but it's like, why do I have this overwhelming urge to glow, grow my glutes? You know what I mean? Like understanding where that's coming from. Why do I want to train legs four days a week? What's going on? That's not me. That's what I'm being told I need to do to be worthy of whatever and feel okay in my body. And like that has nothing to do with me. So starting to unpack that and disentangle that and figure out, okay, no, what is my goal? My goal is just to feel good. My, my goal is to feel good in my body, to feel healthy, to feel strong. I do like to feel strong. But it doesn't mean I need to be, like, hitting PRs and pushing myself and, like, challenging myself and, like, risking injury and training like I'm, you know, a bodybuilder when that actually has nothing to do with me and my goals and, like, how I want to live my life. So I think when people can slow down and ask those questions, all of those questions you said were so good, like, oh, I, I train my clients to notice the shoulds, right? Because it's like, I should be at the gym. I should be training legs. I should be there for 90 minutes. Why am I only going for 40? Like, those shoulds yeah. are like landmarks. Like, where yeah, where do they come from? Like, yeah. shoulds should are not yours. Yeah. That, no. They're never ours. Like, because you'll frame that in a different way in your mind if it is something that's actually important to you, right? Like, it's going to be like, oh, I really want to, or oh, I'm excited about, or whatever. It's never a should if it's something that actually belongs to you. Exactly, exactly. No, I couldn't agree more with that. And I think the other thing I'd say, too, aside from, like, the energetics, which is where I'm really at with clients now, is is not so much, like, cognitive behavioral changes more the subtle body energetics. What are the beliefs in your body? Like, what do you truly believe to be true? And why is that belief holding you back? And how is it holding you back? But also that can be a long road. And so as you start to untangle and dismantle like these structured beliefs that maybe are no longer aligned with who you want to be or the version of you you're stepping into to celebrate the little fucking victories. Yeah. No. So like if you figured something out, like about your past beliefs or like old patterns and behaviors or like you didn't feel like going to the gym but you decided to go for a 15 minute walk because that felt more nourishing to your soul and your body and you just focused on your breathing on that walk or listened to a good podcast or did nothing but just decided to move your body that's a fucking win that's something to celebrate and I think we get so bogged down with like we're not doing enough we're not good enough we're not this that we 
completely lose sight of all the successful little wins and victories that we have. And that's not the way to build confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't even recognize your small wins, how are you ever going to get the big one? Because you're not going to have the confidence. You tear yourself down way too quickly to be able to, like, those small, like, yeah, those small pats on the back, those, like, little triumphs, you know, that those those moments are the stepping stones to that big victory, totally. you know? So, yeah, yeah celebrating celebrating the wins. And you have to, you drinking have to, a gallon of water. These yeah. are all wins, you know what I mean? And we have to train, you have to train your mind to see them because we're, we cognitively distort and we mentally filter. We don't care about the nine things we did for ourselves this week. We care about the one thing this week that we did not do. And you have yeah. to actually train yourself to recognize when you're doing that and flip the script on that. Like it's not that it's not taking things into account. That's not logical. We need to understand that 90% of the time we're doing a great job and the goal is not perfection. The goal is progress. So you are on track. It's the little changes over time that are going to get you to where you want to be. And if you're not seeing that you're making those little changes, like you said, you're going to sabotage. You're going to be stuck in self-defeat. Yeah. That's a really good point too, actually. Forget the goal. Fuck the goal. (laughs) Think growth mindset over goal mindset. Forget the goal. Okay? Fall in love with the journey. Okay? If the journey is the road to 10 pounds, like celebrate every half pound, every quarter pound, whatever it is. <coughs> Excuse me. Celebrate all the lessons that you learned along the way. Forget the outcome. Like, release the outcome. Just fall in love with the process and the progress of the entire journey. I know. Right? Yeah. Be present. Because I feel like that's part of the problem. We're constantly living in the past, comparing ourselves to what we didn't do. Da-da-da-da, right? So that's where we're in more like low vibrating frequency. We're just constantly regretting all the things that we didn't do, should have done, could have, would have, whatever. Or we're too focused on the future and we give ourselves anxiety. Yeah. Right? And so really forgetting the goal and just being so present in the moment and enjoying the process and the journey every single day, celebrating your wins every single day, right? Okay. The choices that you make. The, the realizations, the effort, the PRs, all of it. Yeah. That is that is my advice. Yeah, it's so it's so crazy actually because I just found notes from like a life coach that I was working with like right when the pandemic started, and I don't think I was ready to like receive the information or the feedback that I was mm-hmm. getting at that time. I, I honestly don't even remember ever reading this email, but it came up when I was searching for something recently. And it was like, oh, I was like, oh, she really understood me. Like, she really gave me some good, like, some good feedback based on where I was at. And now it makes so much sense. Whereas then I was just, like, not receptive. But so much of what she was saying, she's like, you're too results oriented. Like, you're being way too hard on yourself. Like, you got to, like, ease up. And it was so funny because I just started my business called Results with Riley. And I was, like, so results driven. And I was just, like, the whole thing, I just resisted it because I was like, no, no. Like, I'm not there yet. I've always been like so goal oriented which obviously is a good thing but it, you need to have that balance like I've, I've worked really hard this year on like finding my feminine and like trying to be more to slow down and all of the things that we talked about today which is the the balance it's the yin and the yang that we all need to cultivate so I think it's so important to actually be able to slow down and to just love yourself every step of the way all versions of you which leads me into, I think, maybe my last question for you. And I I want to start asking this more often because it's something that I'm constantly renegotiating, like literally daily, weekly. But to you right now, what does self-love mean? Like how, how do you define it? You know what's wild? I don't think that like even a year and a half ago or two years ago, I really would have been able to give you an answer for that just so that makes me feel really warm inside just that like now I have a pretty clear definition of what it means to me and for me it is just like honoring yourself and like honoring yourself in all capacities honoring your emotions honoring your traumas honoring your wounds your ruptures honoring your energy honoring your body honoring your spirit your mind just like really doing everything and anything to honor yourself 
and put yourself first and put your heart first in that in that sense and, and not be afraid to be seen as selfish or you know anything like that because I think we have grown up at least you know 1987 and I think a lot of people have grown up in a society where it's always about putting other people first right um you know putting your partner first putting your family first putting your kids first putting work first putting everything and everyone else first and I realized like really self-love is honoring everything that I need to feel whole and to thrive so that's what self-love means to me yeah that's beautiful what what does that look like for you right now at this stage in your life like well how are you providing for your for your needs like with the current understanding that you have because I I think sometimes people don't know where to start right like okay that and as a concept sounds great but my life is busy and I have like obviously I'm not speaking about my own life but like people have kids and they have you know all of this stuff so it's like how do I start to fit that in I don't know what honoring myself looks like yeah for sure so I mean for everybody it's going to look different Right. So for me, that is making sure that I'm taking time to move my body. Mm -hmm. Right. For me, it's making sure that I'm taking time to unload my thoughts so that they're not swirling around in my head and messing with my energy. Right. So that could be journaling. Um, Meditation has been super helpful for me, sometimes guided, sometimes silence, depending on what my my body is telling me like if I'm if I'm feeling stuck I like a little bit of guided because I feel like it helps navigate me but if I'm like "Mm, I just want to like swim in my energy right now I'll just go silent and just like be still and just breathe and just like try to still slow my heart down and still my mind you know what I mean being outside has been big especially during the summer because you know how summers are in Vancouver like they're sacred so getting outside literally sticking my feet in the sand or the water the grass this grounding feeling is like oh it's a recharge it's kind of like i'll say to sum it up is basically knowing what are the energy drainers and the energy fillers in your life yeah and then doing what fills your cup because for everybody that's different so that could literally be taking a nap reading a book going outside spending it with time spending time with friends and family watching tv like it could just be so many different things you just need to be clear on like what you feel drains your energy and what you feel fills your energetic cup up and then honor yourself by doing the things that fill your cup up yeah i love that explanation i always say that too it's like Life is actually not that hard. You actually just need to do the things that make you feel good and avoid the things that make you feel like shit. And the reason that gets confusing is because we don't know who we are and what actually is our recipe for that. We're like trying to follow this person, copy that person. We're, we're doing the things everybody else is doing. And so little of that actually has anything to do with what's important to us. So it's like that trial and error, doing all of these things, creating that space for yourself and just showing up for you and being honest about what you actually need and f- saying fuck. Being honest, yeah. being honest. Yeah, be honest with you. We actually lie to ourselves a lot. Oh, all the time. <laughs> we lie to ourselves all the time. Not only do we lie, but we're so, it's not even us, it's our mind. Like your subconscious mind is four times faster and 95 times stronger than your conscious awareness. So we are always manipulating ourselves. And until you can like take ownership of that, you're going to continue to stay stuck in cycles and patterns that do not serve you because our mind is crazy. Our mind is crazy powerful and crazy strong. And unless you've trained it to be on your team, it's going to torture you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I love that question. Great question. Yeah. Oh, I have one more question for you. And this is a question that I get a lot. So, and I think you're like in perfect timing and in your journey right now to give people a little bit of insight. How are you overcoming your fear of like, picking up your life and going to live in a country by yourself. You know what I mean? Like people always ask me how I was able to do that. And I can't give them a really good answer because my plan was to go with a friend and that just at the very last second changed and the universe was like, just kidding, you're alone. So I I never really had to do the planning part by myself. I always had someone else. So I think you can probably give more. That's so funny you say that because the planning part is the hardest freaking part for me. Like, the logistics, like, 
okay, I'm looking at the Caribbean side, I'm looking at the Pacific side, like, where should I start? Where's the, like, how do these flights work? And how do I get from one side to the other side? And how much is this going to cost me? Like, all the logistics stuff is the stuff that I, like, hate. (laughs) I don't like it, but I'm trying to change the energetics around that, too. Again, making it more fun and exciting, like, I'm going on this adventure, and I'm doing it, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but, you know, it's funny, I think this is... (sighs) this is just like, it's been a long time coming for me. I was supposed to go with with Baxter, but he passed away at the end of of January. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. He had a great life, and I was so grateful to be his mommy, but... um, Your dog, for anyone who's listening, who might not know that that's a dog. (laughs) My child, dog, dog. Uh, Well, it was my child. Yeah. And so... For me right now is really going back to that visualization aspect of when I feel those intrusive thoughts of like, I can't actually do this. Because the number of times that I said I'm going to do this and then didn't do it Mm. is, again, my body having past evidence as to why I can't do this, right? right? And so as I'm working and deconstructing these belief systems, I'm really focusing on visualizing like my goal is to be there for New Year's Eve because I have already visualized this picture of my feet in the sand listening to the waves crash with like a moon party going on behind me and like looking up at the moon and like saying happy 2023 Mm. to me like I've just visualized this and again it's like embodying that version of my future self that I don't have to be fearful because that version of me can handle this. She can do it. She's resourceful. She is smart. She is intuitive. She like, she's got this, you know what I mean? She's confident. She speaks the language. So no one's going to try to murder her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's a huge (laughs) advantage for you. I need to stop watching true crime documentaries. Yeah. That's not helping the cause. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so that's really like I'm I'm tapping into my future self to help me overcome my current fears. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because she yeah. deserves that. She deserves that. Toes yeah. in the sand, fresh, brand new year. Such a beautiful mm-hmm. place to ring in 2023. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So really tapping into those energetics and like really visualizing like what would a, my perfect day look like over there? Like waking up, morning coffee, pulling cards for myself, being alone. I'm actually craving the being alone aspect, which is so different for me because most of my life I've had codependent relationships because I've just had this fear of being alone. And my soul feels like it's time. And so even though I'm having these intrusive thoughts and sometimes doubts and fears, it's the honoring aspect of what I know my soul is yearning for that is allowing me to tap into that future self energetics to help me overcome the noise that's just kind of like coming up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so exciting. I think yeah. that's really helpful because that is a question. People have a lot of curiosity about where do you even start and how do you how do you make that transition and how do you overcome those limiting beliefs and fears? So I think... Yeah. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Well, make the decision first. Get, again, figure out the why. Why the intention or the purpose behind you wanting to do it. Right. And then start. Instead of looking at it as a whole, just one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Right? Like just small tasks. And then sometimes when you look at the whole picture as a whole, that's when it gets overwhelming. Yeah, right? totally. You're like, no. So just one little task at a time. I love that. Well, and if you need any help with the logistics in terms of the country. I will definitely call you. (laughs) Hit me up. Because I I usually figure everything out the hard way, so I have a lot of information on uh, how not to do things usually. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. I'll definitely call you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of this. I think it's so interesting to connect and share and hear from someone who is navigating all of that and like on a similar path to me. You know what I mean? Like the from the self sabotage to the fitness, and then watching that evolve into something even more aligned for you, and that feels even more true and good for you in terms of a career. I love that, and I can't wait to see. Yeah. 
super excited to to launch the coaching business and working on the rebrand and stuff right now and and ditto to you because I remember us both in in Canada's little uh, goddess circle you know and, and both of us have come I remember oh you're a personal trainer yeah I'm a personal trainer too yeah you know? <laughs> and like a lot has unfolded since then so far since then yeah. so yeah I'm really excited for both of us and um, where we continue to shine and grow into yeah and so when are you launching your new offering and where can people find you um so on instagram move with ali um is easiest and that's my handle on twitter and facebook and everything else so move with ali uh ali with an i and i am going to it feels like january okay i've done school yeah so that's really when i'll be doing like the relaunch um, and maybe a teaser of whatever program may come, but I am really focused on graduating school first, so I'll be done in December, and then picking up and heading out to Costa Rica, and then kind of like really diving into my personal healing, and then allowing inspiration on a program to come through through my personal healing. So that's kind of just the vision that I have. But follow along on Move With Ali for like updates and just just general ridiculousness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. I so love it. TikTok too. It, it's I'll find, I'll find you and I'll take it. I'll put it all in the, the episode notes. Okay, sounds good. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Appreciate you.